0: This is an ABC podcast. Oh Lord! I know. Oh my God! Bang! 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 Bang, Bang. Bang on! Hello, Zan. Hello, Miff. Lovely to see you. Good to see you too. It is Reconciliation Week this week. We're in the thick of it and we acknowledge in our show notes every week that we record Bang On on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I'd like to acknowledge that uh, right now in Bang On and pay respects to Elders past and present, acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first Australians and traditional custodians of the land where we live, work and learn, and, of course, their continuing connection to land, culture and education. This is a big week. Be brave, make change is the theme of Reconciliation Week. A lot goes on. Reconciliation Week, NADOC Week. These are great focus times to think about our connection and what we can all do as we have this continuing conversation together. But I think that we should always have these conversations outside of these times too. But I wanted to make a special point of it today. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. I think that's great. And it's been great seeing all of the wonderful Reconciliation Week stories that have come out and just a continuing acknowledgement of where we are on country. I'm just seeing that more and more on news reports, um, hearing it on the radio. Love to see it. Well, with the
1: change in government too, seeing the Aboriginal flag and the Torres Strait Islander flag up there with the Australian flag, that
0: that is a, a nice little indicator that maybe things are changing a bit too. Yeah, that matters. That stuff matters. Bang On is your place for music, art, life and stuff. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but this is breaking news that has just rolled through this morning, the day that we're recording Bang On, and we need to acknowledge it, that the ER outcome has been revealed of the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial. This was a defamation suit, a civil suit, and both of them have been found to be defamed, but Johnny Depp has been awarded uh, a significant amount more for his defamation claims. And, of course, he brought the defamation case against Amber Heard he after did. she wrote an op-ed about 2018, I think it was, yep. um, four years ago. Didn't name him, but it was assumed to be him, and so he's won that defamation trial um, against her. She will appeal, but there's been a lot of uh, reaction to this. Obviously, it's very fresh. I think there'll be a lot of think pieces going on, but it's, I guess, one of the most high-profile trials in this Me Too era, and people are wondering, what does it mean when when this decision is handed down? Um, by a jury in America. Yeah. I
1: Look, to be honest, I'm, I'm not entirely sure other than it says a lot about freedom of speech uh, and if you can't say that you've been abused without it implying that somebody else is involved and in being able to take a court case against them, um, it's a bit terrifying to be yeah. honest. And Amber
0: Heard said that in a statement too. She, yeah, the she... statement was good, wasn't it? Yeah, she said um, in a statement just released, I'm even more disappointed with what this verdict means for other women. It is a setback. It sets back the clock to a time when a woman who spoke up and spoke out could be publicly shamed and humiliated. It sets back the idea that violence against women is to be taken seriously. And whatever, you know, you have to acknowledge that this has been a decision that's been made by a jury A different jury may have made a different decision. A different judge may have made a different decision. This is the nature of law, right? It's a decision made on the day. But the conversation around it, and which we kind of spoke about a couple of weeks ago around the the meme culture that had popped up against it, there was just, it felt like there was this vicious undermining of, of, of Amber Heard. Rooted in deep misogyny. Yeah. And even seeing, and, you know, don't read the comments, don't read the comments, but just seeing different news outlets posting the results this morning of this trial and I just I went into the comments on on Instagram oh, no, and Twitter and there's just so many people saying, you know, p- praising it and saying awful things. And it was just a big sort of lob in and it's a very personal trial. Basically the the end of their marriage and everything that went on has been put on, not just now, but in the other trial that happened in the UK a few years ago as well, has just been put on display. And everyone's got an opinion, and it's just all a bit gross, isn't it? It's revolting, and and I think
1: that's why I've stayed away from it. I haven't watched anything. I haven't engaged. I, I don't feel like I, I should have an opinion in that. I it, these things are so complex and complicated, and quite the often
0: complexity is key, isn't it? Yeah,
1: and and quite often women are not believed before it even begins, and I, I feel like that's being played out, and and I'm not sure I I, I wanted to see that happening out in real time. Yeah. It it I, I found the whole thing quite depressing.
0: I think you referencing the complexity really is key because that is the complete opposite of the way that this has been dealt with mm. in comments, in memes, in a really reductive way. Yeah. And that's what's kind of, you know, there's gonna be a lot of discussion. We're still sort of sitting with this now, so this is very fresh mm. and I'm sure that we would have a different take on it were we speaking to you about this in a couple of days. Um, but I think there'll be a lot of discussions around that, and and yeah, what it means, because it does have an impact about how people come forward, whether they choose to come forward, and and how they feel they're going to be viewed and believed, mm. or on the flip side, um, vilified for for coming forward and, and saying something in in their defence. Yeah. Anyway, hectic times. Um, in happier news, the internet lost its shit this week about oh. Kate Bush and. God, it was a joy to see. Wasn't it? When the young people discover Kate Bush, the talent the extraordinary the young people. <laughs> talent. I know.
1: Well they've discovered it via the television show Stranger Things. I haven't seen this series. It's just dropped. Yeah, it's just dropped. But everybody's gone, Oh, what is this song? Who is this woman? And and running up that running up that hill is an amazing song. Yes, yeah. It's that pulsating kind of, da-da-da-da-da. you know, she was she was learning how to use a Fairlight a computer, which was a synthesizer designed by an Australian that became a, a huge influence in music all through the world. She taught herself this, Kate Bush, because the record label said she was too kooky for them to spend money on her latest album. So she did all the production. She's amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's an amazing song. And the kids have just discovered her. And someone on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, yesterday said, um, oh, wait till they discover Bjork.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I saw that too. Ah, was, it Jules, was it Jules
1: Lefebvre? I think it was I think so, Yeah. That, that said that and I was like, yes. And yeah. somebody else, um, <laughs> Gina Guillaume on Twitter as well said, can't believe so many young people are only just finding out about running up that hill because of Stranger Things instead of discovering it naturally like me through the placebo cover which plays over a scene of Ryan secretly meeting Julie Cooper in Series 4, Episode 1 of The O.C.
0: Yes! <laughs> And this is what happens, isn't it? Like yeah. uh, you know, I'm a strong believer in it doesn't matter when you discover music, it's just that you do it full stop. And the fact that people have come to Kate Bush many years after she first released this music is a, is a gift. I remember years ago I was when I was broadcasting at Triple J and I played I forget what song it was, but it was like a classic song and I was just like vibing off it. And um, you know, back announcing, go. It's amazing. It's from this album, blah blah blah. And then on the text line, someone was like, "Oh my god, this is my favorite song from Grand Theft Auto." <laughs> <laughs> I'm Like, yes, exactly. You found it through that, and that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. My partner Jeffy is a is a school teacher, and he said that all the teenage girls in his classes have been frothing on it as well. That just makes me so happy. Oh, I know, so you know- so happy because she is an icon, and if you dig into. The backstory and the back history of of Kate Bush, her music, and exactly what she did rallying against you know the uh, old male and stale people in the boardroom saying you can't have this as your first single, all of that like they just their minds are going to be blown. Yeah, she's a total beacon. So oh, it absolutely. just brings me so much joy. So much joy.
1: However you find music is okay, doesn't matter, and even if you come to it late, doesn't matter. As long as you get there, that's fine with me.
0: Also some big news this week on (laughs) Swedish dinners. If we're talking about the internet absolutely losing its shit, there was, an again, Reddit, we have to thank. People were talking about on Reddit, what is the weirdest thing you had to do at someone else's house Mm. because of their culture slash religion? And there was a lot of comments, um, you know, about sort of 5,000-odd, but one in particular uh, stood out. Someone remembering going to a Swedish friend's house Mm -hmm. They're playing in his room. His mum yells out that dinner was ready and his friend, the Swedish friend, tells him to wait in the room while they ate. Mm. So he just wait waited upstairs while the rest of the family ate downstairs, hungry, lonely. Horrible. Unfed small
1: <laughs> child sitting in a room, twiddling thumbs, going, where am I going to eat?
0: And it really did spark a lot of conversations. Yeah, Just it, about... followed, it
1: followed up with another one. I slept over at a friend's house. When we woke up, he said he's going downstairs for a few minutes. After about 15 minutes, I go on the stairs to see what the fuck is happening and they're eating breakfast. They see me and tell me he's almost done and will be up there soon. I still think about that shit 25 years later. <laughs>
0: I'd never forget that either. I
1: wouldn't either.
0: But it really did start a whole conversation about culture and background and food and all of that. Like food is such a a huge part of of how we conduct ourselves in life, isn't it? It's not just sustenance, it's so much more. Mm. And I was shocked to see someone actually came up with a map that
1: indicated (laughs) where you're likely to get fed if you go and stay at their house. And uh, there were different regions uh, up north uh, it was considered... Not likely to get fed, and then the reasons we'll go into because they were ex- they were explained by a few people, Um but then in other countries like Italy, of course you'll get fed. You'll get fed too much. Uh, non is going to just like pummel pasta. You're too skinny. Yeah, too skinny. What's wrong with you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a- oh my god! Real quick, just sidebar. Jeffy again, he's getting a lot of shout outs. Mm. He was out for a jog once when he was um going out for a long jog and he ran he was like leaning on someone's fence and a nonna came out and tried to give him fresh pasta. Oh, I love that. Like he was resting on her fence and she was trying <laughs> to feed him mid-jog. Where is
1: this? I'm going. Carlton. It's Carlton, that. of Carlton. course. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Um lots of people have chimed in to say this is not necessarily about not feeding children. It's more to do with when guests come unsuspected and there isn't enough food. Mm. For everyone, um, this person has gone on to say, we only make enough food, we think we will eat, otherwise they eat with the family. So that it's, it's about what you've got, not wasting uh, or, or preparing too much, whereas we come from a culture of preparing too much, perhaps.
0: That said, if I'm making tea, as we call it in Australia... Mm and someone comes over, I just give a little bit of my plate and Jeff's plate and whoever else is eating with us just divide it up. Totally. That's not hard, is it? No, you just don't eat as much. You share it around. Yeah. But, you know. (laughs) Can you hear the
1: judgment in my voice? (laughs) I know. I know. I'm feeling bad. (laughs) The Swedes are going, no, it's not about that. It must be something that culturally we haven't grown up with, Uh, a a, a sense of
0: family organisation perhaps. Well, I'm glad that you asked that question. Thank you. Because our bang man has been on the streets. (laughs) Mm-hmm. in the pavement, <laughs> has spoken with Linda at Fika Swedish Kitchen in Sydney. They've got two Swedish cafes in Bondi and Manly. Mm-hmm. She did see this story on Facebook and says that, yes, this was a normal thing for her when she was a kid. Her Australian husband found it weird, but she explained that this would only happen if you were a little kid who was over to play. So it happened to Linda and her friends when they were kids. Right. It was unexpectedly you've popped over and then uh, dinner, no, sorry, weren't, wasn't planned for. You would wait to eat your dinner until you went home, even if that meant your friend would go and have dinner with the family and then return to playing. Oh, okay. So it really feels like it's like a personal choice. It's like you want to play, well then you can hang, you can wait. You'll have Just, to eat
1: later. <laughs> we've got to eat dinner, and then she goes on to say, meal times are very important in Sweden. Everyone sits together, and meal planning for kids is also something parents would put a lot of effort into. Uh, they were very organised, and it was an important time for families with young kids. Mm. So these kids, I, I guess, it's like saying. I have to go and... In the middle of play, I have to go and mow the lawn, but then I'll be back. And also
0: she mentions that it's about respect for other parents who have made dinner for their child and they're expecting that the child's going to be home and eating with the family, which is something I think was missed in this conversation. Mm. Um, It's funny when the internet reacts to things and just misses key points. It never happens, does it? No, no, never, (laughs) never, never. never. Yeah, Yeah, really key points. And it would never happen to an adult guest. As an adult, you might even be forced to join the group to eat. So it's just kids. It's about you know, raising kids, feeding them where they're supposed to be fed, all that sort of stuff. Swedes love eating communally. Linda says she found it weird when she moved here that people would just make breakfast for themselves when they woke up rather than everyone joining in around the table. Probably quite selfish, isn't it? I'll sort myself out. But breakfast on as like a group eating thing because I think that's again, speaks to how just like rush to get out the door. Mm. Who sits down and has breakfast together when you're not on holidays? Yeah, no, never. I love this. Yeah. Um, I love that Linda's gotten in touch Thank you Bangman for chasing her down and um, Linda did really love reading the story um, and kind of thinking about the debate because I think that's sometimes when we're just living in in a world, Mm. in a community, in a country, and we just do things and we're like, this is the way it's done. We don't often step back and go, why is it done that way? Um, And she's been sharing with her friends and talking about it with her Swedish mates and her husband, so super cute. We'll put that in the show notes. There is a great article actually that um, The Conversation posted about Swedengate as it's being called. I'm looking forward to having you over, Zan, for some drinks and then just going, I've got to have my dinner now. Never do down that. with a bowl of. Pasta. You are the only person I know who, five minutes after someone walks through the door, you are presenting the most full and luscious cheese plate. It's like you just always keep everything on there, and there's a bottle of champagne. Yeah. you're always ready to entertain. Ready this is the Miff Warhurst Way. Ready. There'd be no child sitting in a bedroom up in 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 my home. They'd, They'd be eating some Cabanossi, wouldn't they? Right. Straight away. <laughs> some hummus dip, yes? Yes, amazing. Now, if you shared a really interesting mm. article that resonated hugely with me for so many different reasons, how the side hustle ate the hobby. Yeah, Victoria Pearson has written this for The Guardian, and I think
1: it says a lot about where we are right now in that we are a, a, a generation of people, and I'm not just talking younger or older, all of us. At the moment, especially, I guess, post-COVID and, and lockdowns where we've – our work has been perhaps a little more insecure, mm. where we've been encouraged or, or kind of seen others do it and think we should do it ourselves, and that is to monetize the hobby so it becomes a side hustle. And this article comes from the perspective it's rather delightful where uh, her mother is into quilting or sewing or something, and they said, oh, let's and, – and as the daughter, as a young millennial, said – or Gen, Gen Z, perhaps – said, let's um, – Oh look, we can pop it up on Instagram. We'll give it a name. You can sell this stuff, and and the mums just gone flat out. No. Nah. Why would I do that? <laughs> why would I? Why would I ruin a perfectly good hobby? I love it by making it a business. Yeah. And I think that's a very interesting point. Hundred percent. Because we don't really have hobbies so much anymore. I was trying to think. Anything I've done as a hobby, like even even to a certain extent, doing renovations, in a way, has an end goal in that it will add value to my property. Mm. So therefore, it's 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 a hobby, but it's kind of not still work, still work a bit, isn't
0: it? Yeah. So when do
1: you actually relax and do something you enjoy?
0: I reckon also it ties into just this general, and we've talked about this before, mm. the the pitching of ourselves to the outside world, and how we are always thinking about how we sell ourselves. So that always happens through Instagram mm. and um, Snapchat and TikTok and Twitter, all of them. Mm. And if we're constantly in that frame of mind, and maybe that's a differentiation between the generations of pitching, then we think that what we do in every part of that is something that needs to be put out into the world and potentially monetized as well. Mm. And I even thought about that recently when I did the Gardening Australia story. Oh, my God, I need to say how much I loved it. I know I sent you a message, but it was
1: so beautiful. Please, everybody, can you go and watch it? It was gorgeous. It was so nice to see you doing something completely different too.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I, that's why I love gardening. Yeah. And thank you for watching it. I had the best day ever. Yeah. Um, and I really loved doing it. But then, and and sometimes I'll share things on my Instagram just because I love the garden is always looking different and stuff like that. But I had a couple of people message me and they're like, oh, can you give us updates? And I'm like, yeah, I can, but I don't want to like be bound to that because this is literally what I do that's not me pitching. Mm. Like everything else that I do pitches me to the outside world. Yeah. My opinions on music. My opinions on Swedish eating habits mm. <laughs> you know? very important, valid opinions that you have. <laughs> this is on what I'm here Swedish for. This habits, what I'm too. paid for. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's like I think that it's important that we keep things for ourselves, and that happens less and less. Whether it's monetized or not, we're always just pitching to the outside world of here I am, here's what I do, are you interested in me, will Mm. you pay me for it or do you like me, all that sort of stuff. It's all tied up together I reckon and this, you know, hobby into the side hustle. I'm going back to being Victoria Pearson's mum. Why would you do it?
1: Just let it, it does take the joy out of it. It does. And, I mean, that's why the article is appropriately titled I Haven't Eaten Jam Since and it talks to somebody who made jams and then decided to to monetize jams and realised that there's not a lot of money in it but you still have to produce the work mm. in order for it to be out there. And unless you're doing it in bulk, it's really, really difficult and it put them off, having fun and experimenting with flavours. Yes, and, and it hasn't eaten jam since. Yeah, and it's like, oh, no, that's actually really sad. Go back. Just be... It's it's a bit like I imagine cooking for some people too. Mm. Like when they become parents, I think it takes the joy out of cooking. Whereas someone like me loves cooking because I don't have to cook every single night or every single day, three four meals a day. Mm. And and I think a lot of people really struggle with that because cooking is a lovely meditation for some people, and then they end up having kids and go, I don't want to. I don't want to ever cook another meal in my life. <laughs> Um Bangman, agree. Yep, there's a nod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's really sad because that's something that they may have enjoyed beforehand. So that's you know, I'm not saying that's why I didn't have kids, but <laughs> <laughs> Might have had something to do with it. I love cooking. You can't just feed kids <laughs> cheese
0: platters, even though well, you
1: can't. That's right. And they're not gonna be impressed by that. They'll be like, not again.
0: No. <laughs> What is your hobby? Do you have a hobby at the moment? I
1: don't know. I think it is the house. You can also
0: keep it for yourself. You don't have to tell anyone.
1: No, I don't. I think, you know, like
0: just walking the dog
1: and just going for a run with some, some friends and nature and, and yeah, and working on the house. Bush. You love a bit of bush. I love a bit of bush. That's right. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I'm, life is so busy. It's,
0: uh, you know, watching TV, it's a hobby,
1: <laughs> surely, surely. Looking at the internet, that's a hobby.
0: Well, What's, I am I mean, going to be monetizing and side-hustling uh, side your um, watching TV because we have got a lot of TV to talk about we later do. on um, in Bang On. Uh, but we do still enjoy that part of our lives, don't we, sitting on our asses and watching TV. Absolutely,
1: and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm all for being bored too. I think we need to be bored more often. Yeah. Because that's when you have
0: great ideas. Yeah, that's a constant lesson, isn't it? Mm. Lock and away the phone and be bored. Be bored or yeah, no.
1: What's your what's your hobby other than gardening? Do
0: you No, gardening's the main one. That's the main one. Every other hobby I have is can be tied to what I do for work, mm. which is kind of why I love gardening.
1: Yay. Yay. Yay.
0: Hey, a few people got in touch this week asking if we were going to talk about Ricky Gervais. Mm. And I think it's because he's been in the news, but also because I recently banged on about Afterlife, which I watched. That's right, all three series of, and, and loved. And part of the reason
1: why I didn't want to watch Afterlife anymore was because I, I was I was aware of his stance, on uh, well, some of his comedy about trans people. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I just feel like uh, I just I I didn't want to put my eyes on. S- I don't know. I feel a bit bad because I probably should watch it, but I didn't want to put my eyes on something and confirm that that what he says is okay.
0: You can do whatever you want, your eyes, your time. Um, If you don't know what we're talking about, his new Netflix special Supernature just dropped and, yes, there are transphobic jokes within it. And um, this is something that just has happened a few times with, um, you know, particularly very successful Um, male comedians Mm. kind of punching down on one of the most marginalised communities in the world. I don't know why. Um, I don't know what it says about them, why, why they don't sort of step up and, you know, take something on that's a little bit more clever. But I just wanted to draw your attention to, and I will put this in the show notes, as with everything else that we talk about, Rebecca Shaw, who we've talked about before, yeah. brilliant writer, has written in the nine newspapers um, a great little piece which kind of wraps up her feelings about hacks, a TV show that we love, and about what makes things funny, and thinking about the generational differences between those two comedians, uh Ava and Deborah Vance, and also where Ricky Gervais's comedy in this particularly this special sits in in, you know, in 2022. And One of the things that she kind of points out is that, you know, this incredibly rich, powerful man is using his worldwide platform to target the trans community Mm. who are already discriminated against on numerous levels, who go through so much, who are at real risk of violence. Yeah. So this is not about being offended at jokes, which is Ricky Gervais' response to all of this. It's like, I can say whatever I want. You can be offended. You don't have to listen. You know, she said, forget comedy. This is despicable on a human level. Mm. Because it normalises, like you see less and less of it in terms of homophobia and racism and bigotry. It still exists, but you do see less and less of it these days. So when this happens and transphobia still is kicking around in 2022, it's kind of like, why? Why are you doing this? Mm. And it is despicable.
1: Well, she goes back to the actors on the show portraying the characters of Deborah and Ava and, and uh, Debra says in the show um, there is no line; it only matters if it's funny. Mm. And and what Beck Shaw is essentially saying is that this stuff's not funny. No, who's it funny for? And Ricky Gervais says things like, "We're just trying to make you laugh. We're trying to give you a good time." And and Beck goes on to say, "Well, who to exactly could a trans fan have a good time listening to the jokes? I'd say probably not." Mm. So it it just seem it it seems a little irrelevant. It's like commenting on people's body shapes or skin colour or things like that that you just know it's it, it's not right. It shouldn't be happening. Yeah, We're, We've moved on. Yeah. It, it just feels old, tired and lazy to me.
0: Yeah. And I think that that old crutch of I identify as, which is one of the jokes he sort of uses, is one of the oldest, <sighs> shittest jokes. It's not funny. No. And it's often used in, in memes as I identify as a pram. It's yeah. like... Let's move on from that. Yeah. Like, why? Why? And why? Why is everyone so worried about what's going on in other people's undies? Well, that's a whole other conversation yeah. for a whole other time. Yeah. On happier news, Borgen is back. I think I mentioned this when we were talking about the new state of the Australian Parliament which since we spoke last week, Labor has now got a majority, but there's a lot more players involved. And, of course, Borgen is based on the Danish system of government Mm. where there's a lot of different parties. I just wanted to give you a quick heads up because it literally is dropping today, Australian time, I think, on Netflix, possibly tomorrow. June the 2nd is when it lands. And Borgen is going to be completely in Greenland this season. It is going to be based on a story around large reserves of oil being discovered in Greenland, which is part of Denmark, in case you didn't know, geopolitical tensions erupting around issues of sovereignty, climate change and decolonisation. And the characters... Oh, hello. Sounds like the next series needs to be in Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Characters are 10 years after the last season, can I remind you, not just older, but apparently a lot darker. They say it's less West Wing and more House of Cards. Ooh. I'm going to watch it. You will. I better start watching from the start. Still haven't watched. So. Well, I went back into Wikipedia and looked at the episode. Things are like, did I ever finish season three? And I know it got into... The fourth episode. There's so much television myth. I know. Too Where much do we find TV. the time? Well,
1: I've been flying a lot to
0: different jobs around the place, so I've had the time to actually watch things on TV and I love it. Can we talk about it? actually? We've been hinting on these little projects we've been working on. In the last week, it was revealed what one of yours was. You're going to be digging deep into your history. That's right. I was invited in deep in Melbourne lockdown last year
1: to record an episode of Who Do You Think You Are, which is a great honour.
0: Shake it, make it, but that,
1: <laughs> who do you think you are? <laughs> um, and That's not the theme song. <laughs> no, it should be though. I'd, I would watch that show.
0: And Show me how good you are. And is like that what a- you're going to do, show everyone how good you are?
1: Exactly. Luckily I was in, well, luckily TV was considered an essential service during lockdown, but also lucky that all of my family stories happened in Victoria. So I could drive, we were driving around the state of Victoria and um, I found out some extraordinary things about my family, things that we didn't know Whoa. because my grandmother was adopted and we found uh, her her mum. And the story of her mum, and I won't go into too much detail. You have to watch the episode. Her, her mum had the most, I don't even know how to explain it. I'll get emotional thinking about it. She had the most awful life and she survived somehow. Mm-hmm. And and from what I learnt from her story, I I feel like I, I'm going to take that with me and I, 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 I need to, to do more. I need to, to live more. I need to... I need to be able to honor her and respect what she didn't have and what she couldn't do, and the fact that she existed means I can. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it it was a great honor and privilege to be able to to tell her story because she had she was given no voice whatsoever. And what an incredible experience! Yeah, to discover it's that. it it was it was huge, and it was. I have my family don't know yet; they haven't seen the episode, oh my so God. I think it's going to be a lot. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, I think a lot of this stuff feeds into who we become and, and I, I, even though we don't know necessarily, and there's a lot of answers that, that are now clear and for me anyway, mm. and I'm sure, I'm sure the family will be quite, quite interested to find out. Yeah. So, and it's not, it's not an easy story either. It's not, it's not pleasant. So um, but it was such an honor to do that show. I just I, I loved I, I loved it. It was amazing. When is it gonna air on SBS? Um it's the episode is on my episode is on June twenty eighth, so just a couple of weeks away. Oh my god. Yeah.
0: Okay, great. So what are you working on? Oh, take five is coming to TV. Beep. So good. I'm so proud of you. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Thank you.
1: It's so wonderful. Years and years of work that you've put into this magnificent podcast and program, radio program. And finally, it it will come alive visually as well, which I think is the format it always deserved because it's so brilliant. And congratulations. Thank
0: you. It's been fun figuring out how to tell the stories visually. It's also fun um, getting a whole bunch of different people that I've never spoken to before. And I'm actually going to be... Heading off and shooting for a little bit, but we'll still be doing Bang On while I am. So you'll be finding me in different parts of the world over the next few weeks. I'll see if I can give you some jet lagged hot goss every week on Bang On. And you'll be, oh, that's good. It'll it'll rival my Eurovision (laughs) hot goss. (laughs) I you,
1: feel like it's time for me to give some payback. I'll be knocking on the door, going, get closer to the door so you can get the <laughs> Wi-Fi then. Um, Bang on live from the airport lounge. Also, oh, that's a good <laughs> There's one. There's a throwback. I want to I humiliate you. You have to talk for an hour on the phone really loudly in an airport lounge. Um, you're also hosting the ABC 90 Years thing. Oh, That's yeah. amazing. Razzle
0: Dazzle, which is going to be very fun. Myself, Tony Armstrong and Craig Rucastle. What a crew! Celebrating the 90th anniversary of the ABC on June the 30th, so two days after your Big, hectic episode of mm. Who Do You Think You Are? I'm going to be um, dancing in a ball gown <laughs> and <laughs> just, you know, talking shit about the amazing institution that is the ABC. Brilliant, brilliant. Very, very excited. Um, Lots we, of fun things. So what are you banging on about this week, Zan? Um, I'm banging on about a show that a friend of mine, PK, recommended after I banged on about Life and Beth with Amy Schumer. And he was like, if you like that, you've got to watch this. It's mm. way better. Somebody Somewhere, oh. which is a HBO series. It's on Binge and Foxtel. I watched it on the plane um, and I think that you did as well because it's on the Qantas in-flight entertainment it and it's the perfect plane watch. It's beautiful. Less than half an hour episodes. Basically a story and a comedy series about a person who um, lives in Kansas or has come home to Kansas and is kind of an outsider trying to fit back into her hometown mold. There's been a death in the family. She's dealing with that. It stars comedian and singer Bridget Everett. There are a lot of crossovers with Life and Beth. Yeah. There's even like a common ca- actor in the series. And I'm Is kind that of like.
1: weird. I thought that was a I bit thought weird. Was I haven't really seen Life and Beth, but I thought they're very good
0: friends. Yeah, I'm like, or are did are they? someone <laughs> see each other's notes and then it was a race to see who got it out first? Because I think somebody somewhere did come out first. It's interesting. Not totally the same, really beautiful. Um, Joyful and about community and grief and very funny and I love it. So yeah. somebody somewhere uh, on your Qantas in-flight entertainment yes. or binge <laughs> or Foxtel. That's where I watch if it. you're not gorgeous. on a
1: flight. That comes highly recommended too. I was going to bang on about that this week, but I thought I would bang on about something else that I've I've nearly completed. So I figure that's okay. Gaslit. Which is a new television oh my golly,
0: series on *Stand
1: with Julia Roberts*, and um, and I'd kind of thought, oh, do I need another story about the Watergate scandal? Is do we really need to go here again? Of course, it's set in the seventies, and everything looks fantastic, and and everyone look, you know, everyone's outfits are great, so that's good. But this is actually really interesting because it centres on the character of Martha Mitchell, who was a celebrity socialite and wife to Nixon's Attorney General, who's very loyal, John N. Mitchell. And despite her, uh, her affiliation with the party, she was one of the first to sound the alarm on Nixon's involvement in the scandal. Ah. And there's some really great acting in here. It's it just, it's getting better and better and better as it goes on. So I'm looking forward to see how it plays out. But um, it's definitely, it's definitely a good watch.
0: Unreal. I've been meaning to get to that. Again, so much television, so little time. I know. But um, I'll have some time on a flight soon. So I'll download heaps of shit onto my little Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, you will too. My thing, yeah. Oh no, just use the TV screen in the back of the seat. <laughs>
0: It is a good chance to be like the limitations of in-flight entertainment, except when you're on Qatar and everything is censored and it's the (laughs) worst (laughs) in-flight entertainment ever. But the limitations of what's available to you, I think, is a good thing in this day of everything on streaming.
1: Sometimes I'm quite happy with the censorship because quite often you'll be watching something, say an HBO series or something, and there's quite lurid sex scenes. And people All right,
0: walk, Grandma. and people walk past. You can and talk about the young people again. I you? know, but people walk past your seat and they go, You, you sicko. Like, what are you watching? <laughs> Never watch Game of Thrones on a flight. Oh no. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hey, before we get out of here, I just wanted to give you a beautiful little moment oh, from yes. our bang box, which I gotta say, when I started reading this, my my the hairs on the back of my neck bristled and I thought, hang on a minute, do we have a mansplainer in our midst? But stick with me. This is from Kev. Kev says, I love you, gals. But. But... <laughs> but. I love you, gals, but. I love you, gals, but. Your last edition of Bang On was piss poor. Oh, ouch. As a very old man who started with punk in the 70s and had a very long run of alternative through the 90s and noughties, I am astonished by your election recap. Sure, climate change and ethical government are very important, But of so much greater significance is that we have our first ever Prime Minister that can tell you the difference between punk and post-punk, shoegaze and Britpop. Surely there is so much more important than fiscal policy and geostrategic defence initiatives.' And you didn't even give it a quick mention. Despite this major gaffe, I really do love your podcast and you two great, iconic Aussie women really are the best. Cheers, Kev. Oh, cheers, Kev. You saved it, Kev. Oh, man, I was getting angry. I know. And (laughs) you sent it to me and I started reading going, oh, no, what now? I love you, girl's butt, but it got better.
1: It got better. It got better. Thank
0: you, Kev. We always love hearing from you. Uh, Always love reading your reviews and we will see you next week. Next week?
1: Where will you be? I'll be here still.
0: Okay. All right. We'll see you next week in the
1: flesh. on bang let's it's time to bang on though let's do something let's talk more telly
0: <laughs> that was a bad <laughs> was segue. <laughs> discover more great abc podcasts live radio and exclusives on the abc listen app